Monster Production presents Under the Water Tower, sponsored by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Derek Biglane and Matt Crane. Morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Now, what a gorgeous weekend we had this past weekend. Did not get off the couch on Saturday, Derek. Did not get off the couch. We watched game college game day, uh, watched football all day. Uh, 73 and sunny. Did not get off the couch. 73 and sunny. Did not get off the couch. I know. Really, really talked hard about the Hernando Christmas Open House on this podcast. Really <laughs> talked hard about it. I did, I did make the Hernando Open House, and, and let's just say people were, were really rich, you know, ready to get out of the house. Yes. Great crowd. I'm not going to say it was an A-fair crowd. It was close, but just a great turnout. Uh, I was volunteered to work at the DeSoto Arts Council, and they had a great, they did a great, I guess, number of sales, and just a great turnout. Just good to see everybody. The Dickens Carolers were, were excellent. Went, walked up the square for about 15 or 20 minutes, heard them sing around they had dancers uh amanda uh her group of dancers were up there dancing center stage center, center stage, stage dance uh then we also had our own rob long which we'll talk about today with the fact of the week he was uh, also part of that that i'll actually talk about when we get to his section uh of the show so again just a great turnout i hope everybody was got a chance to go out and shop local uh you know i, I think that the small businesses had to be happy with the turnout hopefully started to turn a profit for the year with everything being shut down for so long but again kudos to everybody for hernando going out for shopping you know for being smart i did see people with masks on there were there were those that did not have masks on but the main thing is, is just to get out and support the local businesses uh, during this time of year and I'm glad to see that the uh, christmas shopping season started off with a bang saturday and sunday were, were, were good days for that sunday was a little bit uh less had an opportunity to visit with uh, memory craig over at the palmer home uh setup they had right there where stella ivy used to be and that's where they were set up so they they did not have a lot of people coming around uh, on sunday for um gift wrapping but i think saturday was really good they were happy with that but you know shout out to those ladies for uh being committed to that and, and trying to raise money for the palmer home uh, which we spoke of last week so derek all around the square if you're looking for some real estate around the square Look no further than Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Team Couch has been our presenting sponsor for the last two months. Brian and Terry, we thank you again for putting your advertising dollars with us. Uh, we hope you've been happy with it so far. Uh, again, if you're looking for over 55 years of combined experience in the residential real estate market of DeSoto County, look no further than Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Have been involved in literally thousands of buying and selling closings in the last 13 years together. If you're looking, if you're looking to buy or sell in DeSoto County, especially around the square in Hernando, please contact Brian and, and Terry at Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. That's 662-449-1700 at 662-449-1700. Please look them up at www.teamcouch.com. Again, teamcouch.com, the number one residential real estate team in DeSoto County for over a decade. Podcasts recorded each and every Tuesday and Friday morning at the Mobile Van and Car Rental Studios right here at the corner of McCracken and Commerce. Mobile Car and Van Rental, uh, formerly Mid-South Vans, is switching over to do cars, pickup trucks, minivans, and vans. We're looking forward to, if you have any needs for body shop needs or car or car repair, having to leave your car for a certain extended period of time, please reach out to us at 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555 for any help with a car or van rental need. 
Of course, today is the third Tuesday in November. Third Tuesday in November means that this is Alderman Tuesday. There'll be Alderman meetings tonight. Of course, we focus uh, mainly right now on South Haven and Hernando Alderman meetings. The South Haven meeting does not have much going on. There are a couple, there's a couple of planning uh, issues coming up. There, the mayor's report, of course, is on there. And so um, there's not really anything to preview for that meeting. If something comes out of the meeting uh, that we will look at it this, uh, this week, we'll watch it. If something comes out of that, we will happy to report that and, and discuss that on uh, Friday's podcast. But right now, there's really not much in, uh, to mention there. Uh, I do want to say, though, that her, uh, South Haven also had their Christmas open house. Uh, the Silo Square did it, actually. It was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday last week. So congratulations to them. Their first annual, or excuse me, inaugural. We don't like to say first annual. The yep. inaugural Christmas open house for that uh, for that area. So just, you know, g- good job, Brian Hill, for, you know, getting that, that whole project started and for all the shop owners for putting that together. Kind of been, you know, not really been built that long. And they're able to put that together. So, again, just driving people to that area and look forward to, you know, many more of those for years to come. Uh, we'll, we'll turn to Hernando. Hernando uh, Alderman meeting tonight. There are several things on the agenda that are of importance, especially the last one that we'll talk about today. Uh, the first one, it looks like uh, there will be a two-lot uh, Section H of Charleston Road. Charleston Road being right off their 51 between that and Old Memphis Street. They're going to add a couple lots in there, calling it Section H. So that will be uh, up for discussion tonight. There's a request for an amendment to the Madison Lakes PUD. Uh, again, this is a project that we've talked about several times on the podcast. It is coming up for an amendment that they're going to discuss tonight. and not quite sure what the amendment is. We'll find out uh, at 6 o'clock tonight, and then we'll be happy to report that on Friday. Uh, the third item is that the city will be looking to advertise a tax anticipation loan. This is done usually every year. Uh, what this is is that you know as they get closer to the end of the calendar year, that the city sometimes needs to take out a line of credit, usually a short-term line of credit, three to four months, uh, usually expires around March 15th, or that's when they have plan to have it paid back. What they're doing is just basically trying to make it to the end of the calendar year, which, of course, is different than the fiscal year of the city government, which runs from October 1st to September 30th. And this allows them to get to the end of the year. January 1st, of course, taxes are being paid in. They're due by January 31st. They get that money in, they pay themselves back, and they move forward. So it's a short-term line of credit. That will be put out to bid. If they approve it tonight, it will be put out to bid probably in the next week or so. And you said cities cities do that just about every year? A I mean, I, a lot of cities do. Right. I'm not saying that it's every city. And, you know, so other cities are able to have, you know, uh, higher income, basically. Right, sure. That they don't have to do this. Hernando done, has done this several years. They've always paid it back. So it's, it's just kind of a thing where, you know, there's sometimes that you just have to fund things at the end of the year that are unforeseen. And then again, but it's still in the budget. There may be stuff that has to be done now. And so the cash flow is spent now. It's just a, it's basically a mistiming of the cash flows. Uh, churches deal with this too, where a lot, they get a lot of their givings in November and December, but you still got to pay for programs in July. Sure. So uh, anyway, that's, that's what that is. And so, uh, you know, that, that'll be put up to bid. The last thing, though, is what we want to talk about. We're going to be very brief uh, this morning about what's going on tonight. The adopt, this is the, they're trying to adopt the redistricting ordinance. This is the wards. Remember, they approved the map that they would go with. They approved the, what it looked like on paper, the actual drawing of it, the, the, the way it would be sectioned out. However, it was not written. It was not done in the meets and bounds. And so this is the approving that they tabled last time of the meets and bounds to the new plan one for the redistribution of the wards. I cannot stress this to you enough. I'm, I'm hoping to make it tonight uh, as of right now. I can't, but I'm hoping that if, if things change, I will be able to make it. I know several people that do plan on showing up. Please go out there and voice. This needs to happen. All right. So some people will say that, well, this is just being done. This is a waste of money. Uh, we're trying to, you know, the, the city's trying to dilute minority vote. Uh, there's, you know, there's all kind of things being thrown around. It's not true. Um, this was, should have been done 10 years ago. This has 
any way that you do it, the minority vote will be diluted. The facts are that more Caucasians are moving to Hernando than other minorities. So it's going to be diluted no matter how you draw it, unless you illegally draw it by gerrymandering, which was outlawed in the 70s or made illegal in the 70s because of the complete opposite reason for white people trying to condense the black people to a certain area. And, to, to, and so please, please, please. Go tonight if this is important to you. It's important for who you vote for. It's important for the one man, one vote. Uh, and, you know, we, we need to have this done. We're 10 years behind, 98% out of compliance. And if an election was to happen, basically anybody who was uh, not happy with the outcome could file a lawsuit. And probably, according to the city attorney, would win. And so that's just and where it's we not are. even a matter of being unhappy with the thing. Anybody could do that because in Ward Three, where you and I both live, we're the highest number. Gary Higdon's representing around thirty four hundred people, correct? That's correct. So anybody in Gary Higdon's ward would feel like the gentleman in Ward Two, Mr. Miller, was representing four times less. Right. He's getting a vote the same as us, the same as our our alderman, four times less. So it's not even a matter of saying, "Hey, I don't like how this went or didn't go or whatever." It's a matter of saying it's good for all Hernando. Right. Period. And 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 this was this plan was not one of the ones that the uh, outside, not the city attorney, the outside attorney right. recommended uh, that he would you know that said he could he could defend. But this is the one that has the least deficiency. Uh, or discrepancy, excuse me, and also has a very close to a 50% minority vote uh, for Ward 2, which is the current ward that has the the uh, high minority vote. So, and keeps all neighborhoods voting in the same ward, Correct. which none of the other plans do. Right. So, again, we, we need this to happen. And yes, we will. Ha- we should have to do this again next right. year. But that's, you know, and I've heard people say, well, if we have to do it again next year, why don't I just wait? And this has been a complete waste of money. It's not a waste of money if you'd have done it 10 years ago. Right. You'd have saved at least $20,000 from having to do it the second time. Not only that, it, sh- it should have already been done again 10 years ago. Three board changes in that number. Correct. And so, yes, it will have to be done again. Correct. But it would have been spent anyway. It should have been 10 years apart, not one year apart. Right. Already already spent over 60 thousand dollars for consultants, uh, different things. Multiple maps have been drawn. So don't give me the waste money. This will be a waste of money. We should wait till after the con- con- the well after the census numbers. It's a sunk cost. It's right. already been done. Right. Exactly. We're it's, not saving anything. <laughs> we're not saving it now. Yes. And then we're going to have to do it again. And we'll have to pay for it again. Yes. Yes. And then guess what? We'll get a 10-year gap if it's done correctly, right. and then we don't have to pay for it for 10 exactly. years, and then you can recognize, oh, okay, well, I guess it evened out. Yes, it did. Because you read to us about two weeks ago, you read to us that this was supposed to be done. Get the census numbers. After six months, this is supposed to be done. This was not done. Therefore, nine years later, here's where we are. Yeah. Okay, nine years later. Derek, you and I talk a lot about this all fair. This is very confusing to you and me why this is uh, why this hasn't been done yet. Um, I've had no less than 10 people mention this to me. They're excited to see what happens tonight at the Alderman meeting. Uh, they multiple uh, A lot of them said they will be going tonight to voice their opinion. And really, Derek, uh, whether they speak up or don't speak up, but just to pay attention, you know, the, the Alderman need to see tonight, hey, this is important to us. Well, and, and find out what is your reasoning and, and is it sound reason? reasoning. Yes. And again, if you cannot make it, like myself, if I cannot make it, it is on Facebook. You can watch yes. it on Facebook live. Yes. Now, you cannot interact, but you can watch it live. And then also it will be put, uh, well, kept on Facebook, I guess should say. But an hour afterwards, it will be saved and then resubmitted as its own file uh, back on Facebook. So you can watch it after the fact. Again, see how your alderman is voting. See you know, what is their reasoning behind the voting. Is it for themselves or for the position? That's what we're going to be determined tonight. 
Right, because again, this is not about one particular person. This is about a position representing War Two and Three and Four and Five. You're representing certain neighborhoods. You're representing a people. To keep this, to sum this up, if you don't understand what this means, again, currently right now, Hernando has one ward in particular where an alderman is representing, representing around 3,400 people. Another ward that's representing about 900. The numbers are based off of census numbers from 10 years ago. This should have been done 10, almost 10 years ago. No, no, we're actually in numbers. Based off of 2008. The 2000 census was oh. not done until 2008. Wow. The 2010 census is what we're discussing tonight. Throwing too many things at me and stuff like that. Regardless, here's how this works. Uh, there need to be a there needs to be a vote uh, to uh, change the wards, uh, get it more in line with the the correct way. Uh, it is uh, against the Constitution. Um, the Supreme Court says it needs to be uh, less than 10 percent discrepancy. Right, Derek. That's right. L- less than 10%, and right now we're at 98. That was the yeah, Mississippi State law, Mississippi less than 10%. 98. And this particular one that they have voted on in October to get approved, uh, to have approved and be ready to go, has been uh, brings it down less than 10% in discrepancy and keeps uh, the War II at the um, right around 50% minority vote. That's correct. Here we are. Again, this was approved the, la- the second weekend, the second meeting in October. The – Yes. yes, what this it would look like in, right. a, in, in, in a picture form, yes. In a picture form, this we're going to approve this. Then they, now that, This is now, the written form. Yes, this is the written form. Got to put it out to the public, all that kind of stuff. And this is what it seems to be a little bit of dragging their feet on. Yeah, so we're again, if it's not it. done tonight and there's no special meeting call before the end of the month, yeah. then you will have to go under the old, again, 2,000 census numbers to vote for the fourth time, fourth time under these numbers. That's just, it's not acceptable. No, unacceptable. So look, Alderman, if you can hear our voice, uh, I know uh, most of them, Derek, we've been able to pay attention to several different people that like us on Facebook. So we know some of the Aldermen, maybe even former Aldermen like this show and listen to it. But listeners, call your Alderman, reach out to them, talk to them about this, see how they're going to vote. Go there tonight. Uh, sit there and, and pay attention to what's going on. Again, Hernando's wards are out of whack, and we need to get them in line uh, to have one man, one vote, or as close to possible as we can. So, you know, Derek, one of the things the Board of Aldermen does uh, have, a, have to have an approval is going to be a parade route, which as of right now, the Hernando uh, Christmas Parade is still going on. But uh, one of the local cities right here in DeSoto County canceled their parade. Tell us about that. The Olive Branch uh, has decided to cancel their Christmas parade uh, due to mass mandates going through December 11th. They decided instead of trying to deal with the mass mandates, trying to deal with any kind of fallout from that, they have decided to cancel the Christmas parade, which I hate that it's just, well, it's November now that it will be December when that was to take place, that we're still dealing with this, we're still dealing with the cancellations, haven't figured out how to be able to have public events uh, without the threat of a, of a cancellation. It's just sad. Look, I'm not judging all branch either way. Uh, I just hate that, you know, this is another cherished event for most cities that I know of. The Christmas parade is a huge deal, and it, it brings people to the town. It brings relatives out. It's a you know obviously a, a very a wonderful, happy, and joyous time. And to see something like that canceled for any reason uh, is just is just sad. And and again, so it's not. There are Hernando's again, as you said, is still set for December seventh. We still hope that uh, takes place. And and if of course if, if something changes, we'll let you know on our podcast. But, uh, you know, so if you're in Olive Branch and you do want to see a Christmas parade, look for South Haven uh, right now. Look for Hernando. Kind of see what theirs looks like. We'll be advertising more as we get closer. But, again, it's, it is canceled. And, and again, I'm not – this is not a, a judging thing. This is more just a sadness for the city having to do it. Yeah, I know Olive Branch's uh, Christmas parade has been around for a long time and, and, a, and a big – 
uh, part of that community. So it really does stink that that has been canceled. But uh, well, it's, again, it's, it's the first Christmas parade I attended in this county. Right. I mean, I lived in Olive Branch first before I lived in Hernando. Right. And it was the first one I attended. It was. It's. It's always been a great parade. But as of right now, Hernando is still going to be moving forward on Monday, December seventh. So again, if you're looking for a Christmas parade to come out to, Hernando is going to be rock and rolling on December seventh until <laughs> until we're told different, and we'll definitely announce that. I know we're going to be a part of that, Derek. Looking forward to that. Some different things with the UTW podcast being a part of that. So if you need any banners or anything like that for a uh, one of your uh, floats for the uh, Christmas parade, look no further than the Pronounce. Located at 2462 Church Street, which is right behind Thunderbirds Pharmacy on Commerce Street. Right behind Thunderbirds Pharmacy, right here in Hernando. The Printhouse is your one-stop shop for printing services. Whether it's business cards, banners, screen printing for t-shirts, as well as a showroom full of all your vinyl and t-shirt needs, the ladies at the Printhouse can help. Simply give them a call at 662-298-3105. That's 662-298-3105. 3105 or find them online at the printhousems.com. Derek, I looked up this past over the weekend and noticed a lot of leaves all over my yard, in my gutters, etc. If you're having issues with those, if it's that time of year, uh, for you're ready for somebody to come out and clean up your leaves and all the different things falling in your yard, contact William Services. William Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Again, leaves are about to start falling. Leaves are really starting to fall now. Williams Services specializes in leaf removal, tree trimming, and fall cleanups. Give Richard a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find him on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. That's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. Well, two events coming up uh, also in December for Hernando are Cookies with Santa. Cookies with Santa on December 6th. Matt, tell us a little bit about what's going on with Cookies with Santa. Yeah, Cookies with Santa is going to be held at the Gale Center from 2 to 5. That's from 2 to 5 at the Gale Center on December 6, 2020. Adults and kids, $12 and up or $3. That's adults and kids, 12 and up, $3. Kids under 12 get free admission. It's being put on by the Optimist uh, Optimist Club of Fernando, as well as the uh, Hernando Parks and Recreation. December 6, 2020, some of the other sponsors include Chick-fil-A South Haven, Stars in Motion, and Solid Rock Sportsplex in Nesbitt, also sponsoring this event, Cookies with Santa, at the Gale Center on December 6, 2 to 5. And the other event uh, that we right now that we can report on that will happen in Hernando is the Santa Claus Caravan. The crew of Hernando every year, they reach out to adopt families and they assign families to certain neighborhoods. These are all local families. All the families that we find are, are through the school system. And so these are local families that are in need that will not, you know, more than likely not have a Christmas if it wasn't for the generosity uh, of the people in the city of Hernando. And so that will be taking place on December 19th. Uh, the Saturday. F- Saturday, December 9th. The flyers will be put out this week. So um, in certain neighborhoods, you'll be looking for flyers. And we're trying to expand this a little bit every year. Uh, it is a big undertaking. It does take about three or four hours uh, on the Saturday, usually before Christmas, uh, or maybe one or two Saturdays before Christmas to, to do this uh, through the crew. 
And so we're, we're slowly trying to expand it. But about four, five or six neighborhoods will receive flyers this week about the families that they uh, are looking to adopt. And again, if you're looking for an outlet or if you're giving this year, whether, you know, kind of like the angel tree, some people may give to their church. Well, this is just another, another outlet to allow you to do that. And it makes it really easy because there'll be a house assigned in your neighborhood where you can drop off the, the gifts or gift cards or food or whatever you would like to give to the family. You'll, uh, the family will be designated by age and by sex, and, but no other names. There's no names. There's, nobody knows the names of, of any of the family members. Uh, it's just the schools. We just have, they have a telephone contact that they contact. We're just given names, ages, and sizes. And so please kind of look for that uh, and then, you know, collect for that. And then kind of in the celebration of the generosity uh, of the city, uh, the crew is going to, Santa Claus will come uh, on a fire truck on December 19th, starting at 9 a.m. And we'll travel through the city. Uh, if you hear blaring sirens, if you hear fire horns, uh, if you hear anything like that, if you hear a bunch of, of cars honking, uh, there's this, it's, it's not a funeral procession. It's not, uh, there's hopefully not a fire that day. Uh, that's more than likely Santa Claus coming through the streets of Hernando, uh, throwing candy, throwing beads, throwing uh, all kind of, uh, and, and just showing all kind of Christmas cheer. And, and again, and then uh, the families are then given the gifts that afternoon uh, at an undisclosed location. And then they're able to have that to unwrap on Christmas morning. So we just want to uh, put that out there to be looking for that coming up. You'll see signs going up the week before, letting you know that Santa's coming and just look forward to having a great Santa Claus Caravan this year and just look to help you know as many families as we can. Uh, listeners can find information on the Crew of Fernando Facebook page. Uh, we really start to be heavy uh, with that about December 10th or so. We start really putting that uh, information. We put the route out that we'll be uh, taking on that Saturday morning. We put information out, just wonderful pictures and, and, and different things about that. Derek, this is one of going to be one of the best ones, one of the best years, uh, definitely just from a community spirit standpoint. People are going to be eager to uh, get out. Hopefully we can catch a break on the weather uh, like we've had the last several years. And uh, again, just community spirit. That's what it's all about, uh, getting out and, and being uh, giving. It's that time of year to be a a giving community and Hernando definitely is and uh, we just thank you for the neighborhoods that are being a part of that we thank you to the Hernando Young Women's Club uh, that are going to be partnering with us and taking care of maybe two one family or two Taking care of one family, Take a, a very, one, a very, large, very family. large family. Yeah, so thank you to those ladies for helping us with that. But just just an amazing time, Derek. You know, you and I have been a part of the crew of Fernando since the very beginning. Uh, the opportunity to work with and help probably 65 to 70 families It's, by a, it's our 10th year, and we usually average yeah, anywhere from seven to eight families a yeah, year. Yeah, so let's just say 75 families have had amazing Christmases um, over the last uh, – over the years, and, and, and that's all – because of the, the giving spirit, uh, the giving, um, uh, what's the word, the, the neighborhoods that just come out and just show out. It's pretty moving each and every year what Hernando does. Just a wonderful community and a great thing. Uh, thank you to the crew of Hernando for continuing to do this. Uh, the Santa Claus Caravan for, like you said, the 10th year in a row. And uh, we'll just keep pushing it each and every week uh, until the time comes. But look for Santa Claus coming through Saturday, December 19th, between 9 and 12. Between 9 and 12, Saturday, December 19th. And we'd also like to thank the city of Hernando. They are allow us to do this um, they are very gracious uh, to give us at least two police escorts and of course use of a city fire truck uh, to allow Santa to ride on so again thank you to the city we also want to thank Rob Long Rob Long providing us every week with the fact of the week and that's what it is time it is time it's Tuesday time for the DeSoto County fact of the week I uh, want to say for those of y'all that did make the Hernando open house uh, Mr. Rob Long was leading a carriage ride 
back and forth from the DeSoto County Museum to the square, and he was doing a guided tour along the entire, he would tell you about the Baptist church, he would tell you about the courthouse, buildings surrounding the square, and just did a wonderful job. I, I walked up to the square, as I said uh, earlier, to kind of listen to the carolers, to watch a couple of the of the, the dance numbers. Heard Rob coming around the square, giving a tour, talking about the year the new courthouse was built in the Federalist style, and just a great, you know, just a great service he's providing. So uh, the, the service that he does for us, of course, is to provide us every week with the fact of the week. And so this week, the fact of the week talks about the four ways. Four Ways was an inn and stagecoach stop at Pleasant Hill Road and Old Highway 51 at Nesbitt. In 1845, Dr. A.D. McNeese bought the property and built a log cabin on the hill above a spring. Sometime around 1861, he built a three-story inn just east of the cabin. In 1862, he sold it to Dr. Nathaniel Winningham. Nails for the building the inn were hand-forged. They were square with blunt ends. Concrete for the foundation of the cabin and the inn, as well as fence posts, feed, and water troughs were handmade by the laborers. The mahogany staircase came from France in sections. It was shipped to New Orleans, then sent up the Mississippi on river boats and owned a Nesbitt in wagons. It was put together with pegs. The Marshall County Courthouse in Holly Springs has a double staircase of the same materials and the same design. Nesbitt, of course, everybody can picture where Pleasant Hill and Old 51 is right there, kind of leading down to the industrial park. That's where this this uh, this inn was, three-story inn, just, you know, very beautifully done. And, and again, Dr. Nathaniel Winningham, I do not know this, you know, there is a neighborhood in Nesbitt right. called Winningham. Yeah. So probably some of the old land that they had right there. So, again, sure. just a, a cool thing, another cool fact about just how, you know, you know, different people that have moved up here, had established things here, and now what, you know, to us is basically where the post office is and where the industrial park is now, you know, used to stand this, this wonderful inn. Pretty neat stuff. I mean, always good to hear the fact of the week each and every Tuesday. It's one of uh, numerous people stop you and me, Derek, each and every week and tell us uh, how much they enjoy the fact of the week. So thank you, Rob Long, for that. Rob, thank you for uh, working with the – the, uh, the Soto County Museum over the weekend to uh, to be a part of the open house, Hernando Open House, or Dickens of a Christmas on Saturday. And uh, just people certainly appreciate that. I mean, the Soto County Museum is a gem of a museum uh, right here in Hernando across from Bancourt South on, on Commerce Street. So try and get over there sometime Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 4. 10 to 4. Yeah, Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 4, the Soto County Museum. Try and get over there and visit with Rob Long about that. Again, I want to say thank you to uh, one of our new advertisers. Uh, I believe had a really good turnout for the open house, North Point Christian School in South Haven. Had a good turnout for their open house this past weekend as well. I know they've been pushing it over the last three weeks with us, and we thank them for that. Tell us about that. North Point Christian School is the oldest and largest Christ-centered college preparatory school in DeSoto County. They're essentially located in South Haven, Mississippi. They serve students in grades pre-kindergarten through 12th grade. Would you like to know more about North Point? They're holding their next Preview the Point admissions event on Sunday, December 6th at 2 p.m. Reserve your spot by calling Sheila Sharon in the admissions office at 662-349-5127. Again, Sheila Sharon in the admissions office at 662-349-5127. That's a really good slogan for the uh, open houses. Preview the Point. Preview the point. Preview the point. No, that's a good that's a good uh, marketing thing. Look, if you enjoyed our music when we first came on, our bumper music, if you recognize it, is definitely Eye of the Tiger. And the reason for that, Derek, is what happened on Friday night in Batesville, Mississippi. I could not be more proud. I was running around my bedroom just so excited for those guys, those young men. Shocked the world. They shocked the world. They absolutely, they absolutely did. Hernando Tigers, switching to football, by the way, everybody. Hernando Tigers traveled down to Batesville on Friday night 
and got a 36 to 33, just a hard fought battle. I, I, it was a back and forth game, Derek. Completely honest with you, there were several times I felt I thought that Sal Panola might start to kind of pull away a little bit, but man, the Hernando Tigers just kept on coming back. Zach Wilkie, Reed Flanagan, those young men uh, fought hard, fought back, and won. Their first playoff game in quite a while, I can guarantee it, Hernando. Tell us about it. I hope that a lot of people either went down to the game, I hope that you listened to the game, watched it, I think, on Facebook Live feed, whatever it was. But I'm going to you know, just do a quick synopsis of the game because you know the, all the games tonight we're going to do – this one will have a pretty detailed one. Lake Cormoran, of course, was in town. I was able to get a real pretty good detail on that one. Horn Lake didn't get much information on. We'll talk about that in just a second. But the main one, of course, we want to focus on. Hernando Tigers. So, game started. South Panola scored within the first five minutes. Took a quick 7-0 score, I mean, uh, lead. Hernando answered a late. So, right before the end of the first quarter, they were able to block a punt and get a safety. So, that started the scoring for the Tigers, 7-2. to two. Hernando then took the lead. Uh, Sean Wade, who had just an outstanding night, put a TD in a couple minutes into the second quarter to take a 9-7 to lead. South Panola comes back in the next couple of plays with a slant that the guy took 70 yards to the house. And then Hernando had back-to-back tough drives, back-to-back drives into the interceptions. The Tigers were able to capitalize on one of those two, went up to a 21-9, which again was their largest lead of the game. So they got up to 21-9. Matt, you just talked about them, thought they were maybe pull away. That would have been a good you know, good time for them to do it. But Zach Wilkie came back, shook off the interceptions, was able to find Reed Flanagan for a 26-yard touchdown to get to a halftime score of 21-16. Huge momentum yep. went into the halftime, being able to score right before that, before the half. The coach talked about it at halftime. He, he, there were some quotes uh, he had in the paper that said, hey, look, you know, that, that was a big thing. You know, we, we did not play a good first half, but – we were still only five points down. That's it. And so, you know, if we played our second half, we, you know, we had a chance to win this game. And so, they did get the ball in the first half. They started it. Five-yard TD run again by Wade. Yep. So, they were able to take the lead. After a failed two-point conversion, South Panola answered with a 66-yard TD run to go up 27-22, again, with both teams. So, Hernando had just failed their two-point. South Haven – I mean, excuse me, South Panola uh, fails at their two-point conversion. Hernando was then able to take the ball. Had They played ball control for this next drive. Yep. 15 plays. Yes, sir. 76 yards. Ate up most of the rest of the third quarter, which, again, helps when you're playing a team that can, you know, can strike like South Panola can. And then, again, Wade, third touchdown of the game, punching in from the one-yard line, 28-27 to lead. That brought us to the final quarter. Another two-point conversion missed. Yep. You kind of look back and say, look, well, they got really good <laughs> we, field goal yeah, kicker. Yeah, we texted about that. Yeah. And probably could have had three points. Already be up three, you know, with, with three extra points. But, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Uh, South Panola scored then uh, from 10 yards out almost halfway in the fourth quarter. So now, now you're getting worried. Halfway through the fourth quarter, they take a 33-28 lead. Again, t- you know, cl- time's running out. Hernando gets the ball and basically just asserted its will. I think Hernando got the ball with about three minutes left or so. Yeah, asserted, the, asserted its will, matriculate the ball down the field. Wade punched it in from the one-yard line, fourth TD of the night, if everybody's wow, keeping yes. counting. Uh, and finally added a two-point conversion. There you go. So 36-33, South Panola gets the ball for a final drive. This is where usually, okay, Hernando, we saw this actually happen in Hernando. Right. Uh, you know, they, South Panola scored very late. You know, Hernando turns the ball over right at the end, cannot, you know, I think the 14-13, first game of the right, season. exactly. Let's flip it. South, Haven, South Panola now has the ball. They're the ones trying to score, and Hernando gets a strip. Hernando, the, the South Panola fumbles. They fall on it. And in the best formation of football – the Victory. B formation. Well, it wasn't exactly that. What you say? All right. So, so Sal Pinello had the ball. Had the ball maybe midfield, and and I don't know who it was. I'll find it out by the, by the Friday show. Some kid comes off the, the edge and just destroys the quarterback. 
Mm. Fumbles the ball. Hernando gets it. Then Hernando <laughs> proceeded to, like he texted me, run the ball. Run the ball. Uh, first play, pass. <laughs> no, 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 no. First play, pass. Luckily, no. Reed caught it. Reed caught it. Got some yardage and all that kind of stuff. So we did. We did move the ball a little bit down the field. Get got. You know, started to. It, they did not go straight to the victory formation. I can assure you that. Let me just tell you that. But anyway, uh, run the ball. I know, run the ball. When in doubt, just run the ball. Uh, but look, Hernando Tigers. I, I, I'm like I said, they won. It was over. I started running around my bedroom, just so excited for those young men. And let me tell you why I'm excited, Derek. They benefited from a couple of forfeits. Uh, most people would have said, you know, I don't know, you know, would would they have beaten South Haven? I don't know. Would they have been de- beaten DC? I don't know. They were three seed. They went to South Panola, had to travel. Were this close to a two seed, which, by the way, Hernando did not get the two seed because they lost. I'm sorry, Tupelo got the two seed, and whether you knew it or not, uh, Tupelo had to forfeit their game. Had to forfeit. Tupelo had to forfeit their game, so the the two seed, boop, gone. So here's the three seed uh, playing the game. Hernando was beating Sal Panola one time in its history. One time in its history. How proud are we of these young men? Never beaten Tupelo till this year. They beat them on the road. Never beat. I'm sorry, beat Sal Panola one time. Beat them on the road. Friday night, and just so proud of them. First playoff win since 2001. First playoff win in almost 20 years. All right, so look, let's set up next week. This well, coming. Well, hold on. I, oh, I, 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 I want to. You know, we, we talked about Wade. Yeah, give four me some touchdowns. stats. Stats. Yeah. Yeah. So Wilkie, uh, of course, Wade does have four touchdowns. So not much. I mean, just a great hard nosed kid. Just absolutely. Just, and everybody you know, knows he's getting the ball too. Everybody knows he's getting the ball <laughs> and just cannot stop it. All right, Wilkie finished the game 24 of 37 for 259 yards and a touchdown. Reed Flanagan, of course, the leading receiver, 12 for 173 and a touchdown. So again, just 12 for 173 and a touchdown. touchdown. Yep. So wow. yeah. But, it's not a surprise he's no. going to get the ball, but Hernando did a great job, no. uh, and the defense made the key plays when they had to. And, again, Matt set us up for next week. Here's what Hernando's doing. Congratulations. That game's over. <laughs> Moving on. Hernando's traveling to Oxford this Friday night. Hernando plays the Oxford Chargers. The undefeated Oxford Chargers will be hosting the Hernando Tigers this coming Friday night. If you're able to go to the game, please try to get in touch with you know the school, however you can find tickets to get down there to support the Hernando Tigers, those young men, as they go and play uh, Oxford. Just lost to Oxford about three weeks ago, 37-27. Derek, I'm telling you, I feel pretty good about this game. I told you the quarterback play for Oxford is not very good, in my opinion, still to this day. And I, re- I feel really good that Hernando – uh, with their quarterback could go down there and make uh, some miserable times for Oxford. Well, Oxford squeaked by Madison Central, 25-23. Yeah, exactly, yes. Madison Central going for the two-point conversion right at the end of the game to tie it. It was unsuccessful. Started wow. to the one-yard line. I mean, it was a – I mean, straight quarterback kept it, went to the right, and like lowered his shoulder, watched the highlights, and just – I mean, I, I, the defensive player made a great play. Made Stopped play. him at the one. But uh, yeah, that close. Yeah. I mean, you know, so we'll see. Uh, and, again, we support you. Baseball's 30 minutes. Oxford's only another 24 miles from there. If you made it down this past Friday night, hopefully you can go down there uh, this Friday night. Now, I don't know what the Oxford rules are. I know that the mayor there, she's she's pretty tough on you know what's allowed. And uh, I, mask, I know, will be 100% required. Right. Uh, so, again, kind of check with that. Check with the school. See what's going to be allowed for ticket sales. But everybody that can – go or the number that is allowed we need to make sure that we reach the 100 capacity on the visitor side tigers we're gonna be pulling for you hard we congratulate you so much on the victory just very very proud that we started the under the water tower podcast uh one of those things one of the reasons we started it was so we could uh, talk about the hernando tigers and, and praise them so congratulations boys and i can't wait to set up the game this coming friday Derek horn lake 
travel to Clinton, Horn Lake, travel to Clinton was not a good night for them. Not no. a good night for them at all. The Clinton Arrows come away with a 35-7 victory over the Horn Lake Eagles down in Clinton, Mississippi. That has got to be a long bus ride back. Yeah, when we we talked about Clinton was a tough team. Yep. They are the one seed. You know, we we went over their schedule on Friday and you know, they're you know, just had a couple of losses. One of them was a forfeit and it's just that's it is what it is. They're good. I mean, you had a four seed <laughs> playing a one seed. You kind of know what's gonna. You probably know what's gonna happen. And that's what happened. The only touchdown uh, by Horn Lake was a seventeen yard fumble recovery by defensive lineman Drevian Williams. Other than that, the offense was shut out. It was just a. I mean, again, Clinton's a good team. Yeah. Horn Lake finishes five and five, and and again, but this is a Horn Lake team that started out very slowly. Oh, and two re- was able to make the playoffs yep. for the fifth year in a row. So yep. congratulations to them. And I'm sure they'll build on that for next year. Start out 0-2, finish 5-5. Five and five. So hang your hat on that, guys. You won five of your last eight. But, you know, good season. Anytime you can make the playoffs, tough game against Clinton, tough draw, uh, 35-7 um, Clinton win uh, the other night. Derek, last game, only game that was hosted inside DeSoto County this past Friday, just an absolute heartbreaker. The Ridgeland Titans, again, the Ridgeland Titans come up and play the Lake Cormorant Gators. Uh, beat them 36-28. Tell us about that game. So as as exciting and and happy, you know, that the Hernando fans were, that it was the exact opposite of Lake Cormorant. They lost almost the same way that Hernando won or, or very close to it. Jaden Gray started the scoring for the Gators with a one-yard score less than three minutes into the game. The Titans then jumped out to a 21, excuse me, 20 to 7 lead. So very close to what happened in the Hernando game, as I said. And this was the largest lead of the game halfway through the second, but Jordan Martin had a five-yard TD run. And then quarterback Telvin Amos completed a 47-yard pass as time ran out to Martin in the first half. And so the Gators entered the locker room at halftime up 21-20. Ridgeland took the lead 28-21 with the four minutes left in the game. So no scoring on the third quarter. Went a quarter and a half, no scoring, 21-20. They take the lead with four minutes left in the game. But the Gators' Tony McCreary took the kickoff, goes 78 yards for the touchdown. Oh, wow. So immediately they go, they're down 28-21, immediately go back up. Excuse me, tie the game. So tie the game, immediately yeah. tie the game, 28-28. Unfortunately, it looks like they scored too early because, you know, again, there was four minutes left. They score, you know, obviously it might take, what, 15 seconds to run down the field. So there's, you know, three minutes and change left in the game. Ridgeland drives the ball down the field and then scores the winning touchdown with 14 seconds left mm-hmm. in the game. 14 seconds left. They did convert the uh, the two-point conversion, go up 36-28. Lake Cormorant, you know, last, last, you know, uh, last second – Hail Mary did, you know, pass and just didn't work out. Yeah. 36-28, Ridgeland Titans uh, move on in the playoffs. Lake Cormorant, heck of a year, finishing 7-3. and Lake Cormorant has made the uh, playoffs. Derek, I want to say this is their sixth year because we we said they'd made five straight. That's so right. uh, congratulations to you young men, guys, for getting to get out there and play football, first of all. But, you know, make some memories with friends and, and seniors. Just a hard-fought uh, loss there. But uh, congratulations on making the playoffs. And, uh, look, the only team left uh, in DeSoto County carrying the DeSoto County flag will be the Hernando Tigers this coming weekend, uh, this Friday night in Oxford. So we'll be pulling hard. You know, the UTW podcast has talked for the last 10, 11, 12 weeks ever since the first time we came on, how much we enjoy football, how much we were pulling for these young men to have a football season, and our hats go off to you guys. So we're so glad that y'all were able to do that. You know, I can't wait to preview on Friday, uh, preview the Hernando Tiger football game. So, look, if you like what you hear uh, each and every Tuesday and Friday, uh, look us up on Facebook at UTW Podcast. That's UTW Podcast on Facebook. Instagram at UTW Podcast. And on Twitter 
at UTWPod. That's UTWPod on Twitter. If you got to hear your son's name or you talk about your school, uh, if we talked about the school that you, you like and, and, and cheer for, please share with others. Contact your, 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 your friends and family, aunts, uncles, cousins, whatever, and let them know all about the UTW podcast and what we're doing here each and every Tuesday and Friday. Most importantly, please, wherever you're hearing our voice, wherever you hear, listen to your podcast, hit the subscribe button so we can, uh, it helps us with advertisers, helps us with people that do reach out to us looking to advertise on the show. If you are interested in advertising on the Under the Water Tower podcast, please email us at under the water tower info. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com for a packet for our advertising prices, advertising uh, information there under the water tower info at gmail.com. If there's nothing else, I'm Matt and I'm Derek. Join us next time under the water tower. Dropped off a pretty little girl Same grade as me Tried to kiss her once in the aisle of the bus She walked right over me Face down in the gum on